You know, of all the people I'm really, really happy for about last night's Laker victory, at the top of the list is Scott Kaplan, who took the time to come up in person to go to the Lakers heat game. And by the time he arrived at the studio, LeBron was declared out. (laughs) And Cap, you were rightfully dreading it. I think Mason gave them no chance whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, the Lakers pull off the shocking upset. Tell me, Cappy, that you decided to stay for the game, or once LeBron was declared out, did you head south? Nope. I uh, walked right over to crypto. I hung out until about seven minutes to go in the second quarter. Lakers had about a 10-point lead, I want to say. And uh, something happened back at the crib. That's my cool way of saying back at home. Yep. And, um, And I had to bail, and I had to drive from downtown L.A. to south-south L.A. and in John Ireland. Dude, I heard you at one point talking about how the floor seemed wet, not like a guy fell on the floor yeah. and you know had his jersey get the floor wet, that maybe there was a leak in the arena, you know, because it's so rare to get the kind of rain that we were getting last night. But, John, I'm telling you, from downtown L.A. till about, I'd say, San Clemente, dude, pouring, pouring rain. And it's scary because nobody in California, and I'm a born and raised, grew up in Southern California guy, but I've lived all over the country. Nobody knows how to drive when it rains here. The best news, though, was that there was nobody on the roads. Oh, good. Yeah, this is like probably 8 o'clock-ish, and there's nobody on the road. Now, granted, I couldn't see anything. Even though I had my windshield wipers on like the fastest they could go, I really couldn't see anything. Yeah, it's bad. Well, you know, um, Sedano just uh, tapped in. George, you and I both yesterday were were beating the drum, and and I think people were were saying, oh, they're just saying that because they're working the game, that anything can happen. But really, in the NBA, we saw two nights in a row where you never in a million years would have predicted the outcome. The first one was Tuesday night in Oklahoma City. The Celtics, who had the best record in the league, went in to play the Thunder, and right before the game, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, the Thunder's best player, got sick, and he was out. So you're thinking, Boston by 30. And the exact opposite happened. Oklahoma City made every shot. They scored 150 points, and they won by 30. And then, George, last night, the Lakers, without LeBron, without AD, without Lonnie Walker, who you could argue are their three best players, Troy Brown goes down in the first half, Dennis Schroeder sprains an ankle, and they win anyway. And I know people don't believe it when we say it, but in the NBA, man, anything can happen, and we've seen it two nights in a row. Wait, forget about just that. Like, obviously, those are close to home, and, and, you know, because everybody hates the Celtics and everyone loves the Lakers. But last night, the Detroit Pistons beat the Golden State Warriors at home where they've been a juggernaut. Now, they've stunk on the road, but the Detroit Pistons are terrible. And they went up to Golden State and won. And before our game on uh, the Lakers and Heat on ESPN, uh, the the Toronto Raptors were were they were trailing by Dead. twenty-one with yep. four minutes to go, John, and tied the game and pushed it to overtime against Milwaukee. Like that's just this league right now. Every team has somebody or a couple of somebodies that can snatch a game from you every single night. Hey, let me ask you a question because I'm always, I was a sideline guy for 10 years, and you've been doing it for about that long for ESPN. And last night you were – and so we'll let people behind the curtain a little bit. When there's a national broadcast, um, in this case, George's ABC ESPN crew gets first pick of a post-game guest. Yes. And you took Westbrook, right? I did. Okay, 
Why not Schroeder? Oh, man, uh, I you're, t- you're blowing the whole line of questioning I have for later today. Go oh, ahead. well, then if you want to save it, no, feel free. No, I'm only joking. Go ahead. No. <laughs> no, I, I took Westbrook. Um, it is 401 cap, so yeah. it's your show now. <laughs> first of all, I took Westbrook ba- because we usually make those decisions with about three minutes to go. Right. And at that point, it was close as, as far as point totals. Um, now, Schroeder ended up having, I think, uh, 10 or 11 more points. Right. But Russ nearly had a triple-double, too. Um, so I think that was part of it. And also name recognition and name value, yep. right? I think That's helps what I thought. in that scenario. Well, and Russ, in those situations, can often be the better interview. He's very candid. He's very raw. Oh, he was he, great. Did you watch it? I posted No, it I haven't seen media. it, but I saw you, you tweeted it out, so I'll go back yeah. and watch it. But Yeah, he was, uh, he was great. It it what what's interesting about that game too is I thought right up until the end like I don't know about you George but I thought when Jimmy Butler got the ball with five seconds to go I go he's going to hit a three this yeah. thing's going this thing's going over going Jimmy but Jimmy yeah. Butler is so good you and know Bam just, has been fantastic right well yeah but Butler plays so under control and his body he's never. Like, he's never freaking out. He never does dumb stuff. Most no. star players do dumb stuff. I can't, well, you, I can't, saying, you can't speed him up, John. He's, yep. There's certain better, guys. You, you said it better than me. That's yeah, a great way yeah. of putting it. There's certain guys that you can't speed up in, like, in their primes. LeBron, uh, you know, Luca's one of those guys right now. Yep. Chris Paul uh, in his prime. Kobe, Dwayne Wade. I'm not saying he's those guys, but he has th- that same trait where you can't speed him up. He is... I think the most underrated superstar in the NBA. And the thing we were talking about last night during the game was, I but think. By the way, this this he knows it. He sees it coming, and I don't know if he loves it or not. I mean, this is just me speculating recklessly. Yeah. But Bam is going to be the better player. Well, he might already be now. I mean, right. if if you look at Bam last night, he had thirty and thirteen, and he didn't even look like he was pressing it's four straight thirty point, like you know, fifteen rebound games or whatever he's had. Yeah, but okay. So if let's pretend the three of us are running a NBA franchise, mm-hmm. in what world would we take Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler, like Never. the Sixers did three, four years Never. ago? Well, do you remember like Jimmy? What he what Jimmy did about that? Well, I went to Miami and signed a Max Steel, right? No, no, no. In the playoff series that they won, when they won game six in Philly last year, yeah, he was screaming on the way to the locker room. It was all over social media. It was all over Sports Center and all over the news the next day. He was, after he was done doing the walk-off with me on ESPN, he's going through the tunnel and he's screaming, Tobias Harris over me? Get the bleep out of here! As, yeah. After they eliminated them from the playoffs. He's one of the best players ever that that's going to play on at least four teams you know he's already been on the bulls the wolves the yeah. sixers and the heat and he's just right. too good to have that many teams. and he probably let's be honest because he rubs people the wrong way he may end up being somewhere else eventually too right because he has a shelf life yeah that was kind of crazy um but uh but cap you pick i know you're only there for a half you picked the right night to go that was a really yeah. i mean george you worked the whole game that was a really fun night to be there the crowd got really into it um, it was a lousy weather-wise night, so it was a great night to be inside. It was know, just yeah. but it every was once in a while outside, you'll dude. get a surprise like that on the schedule. And, uh, George, I was really happy for you guys because I thought that when LeBron opted out, I go, oh, great, national TV, and the Lakers are playing a Heat team that beat well, them listen, like a how do you think we last felt? week. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> By the way, and I had a whole thing planned um, because we 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 were going to blow this particular story out, and you know this, John, because you did sidelines on NBA for years, and Cap, you've done it on on NFL. Um, 
So yesterday, did you know that yesterday was the 20th anniversary of LeBron's high school game at Pauley Pavilion? Which no. is still Which is still to this day the most attended high school basketball game in the state of California's history. Really? How it many was, people were there? Do you know? It was 13,000 sold out. At, Who did they uh, play? Modern day. Okay. And the story that I got was great because Drew Joyce, who is the coach of St. Vincent, St. Mary, was also LeBron's coach. He's been the coach there forever. Um, I, I got the chance to talk to him last year because, remember, Bronny played St. Vincent, St. Mary's at Staples Center last year when it was still Staples Center. On, right. And we did that game on ESPN, too. So I called that game, and for that game, I talked to the head coach, Drew Joyce, and I asked him about that UCLA game. And he told me the greatest story. He told me, look, man, I'm a John Wooden disciple. I love John Wooden. Our playing style is exactly like those UCLA uh, teams back in those days. Still to this day, I implement a lot of those uh, same principles. He's like, so I told the promoter when I'm going to play this game at UCLA with LeBron in 2003 on January 4th, I told them the only thing I want is we got to get UCLA's locker room. I want to be in the same locker room that John Wooden uh, had his team in. And the promoter was like, yep, no problem. And then he told me that he arrived to Pauley Pavilion, and they go there, and Modern Day was inside the locker room. And he ran out to the promoter and said, I'm not playing this game if I don't get that locker room. So you figure it out. You got a couple of minutes. And they went and took Modern Day out of the locker no room. No way. And put, and put St. Vincent and St. Mary in there with LeBron and those guys. Well, I'm, I'm like a disciple of John Wooden. And Cap, back when you were... I love your, that story. That's a yep. great story. On, on, on your so that and, story was supposed to be on TV yesterday. Well, you, we you'll get the, it in. The, you'll get it and in. And all, all the highlights from ES because the game was on ESPN2, and LeBron didn't play. So, Cappy, if you think you're mad that LeBron didn't play, <laughs> look at that story I had. We had some, we had all this George, production ready for it. George, that'll keep. You'll be able to use that later in the season. Um, the the oh, Cap, when you were on in when you had your show in San Diego all those years, I know you're still doing one now, but did you ever have Bill Walton on the show? All the time. Okay, so the running. I mean, joke what was, I would do is I would just be like, "Yo, Bill, go." Yeah, and Billy Ray and I, you, Billy Ray Smith, who you worked with for years, Billy Ray and I used to do a Sunday show, and we would say, "Good morning, Bill. How are you?" And seriously, Billy Ray and I would get up, leave, go get yeah. coffee, walk right. to the bathroom, you know, come back three minutes later, and Bill still going. Oh, you yeah. know, yeah. and yeah. but you know, he told me a story once about John Wooden that remember Bill was kind of a hippie uh, when he first got to Portland, um, and one summer he didn't cut his hair the whole summer. And he comes back and he and he goes into Coach Wooden's office and he says, uh, "Coach, I think my hair is freedom of expression. I'm a college student. I'm politically active. I want to play with my hair like this." And Wooden said to him, "Bill, um, if you want to play with your hair like that, and you feel that strongly about it, you should. But we're really gonna miss you." <laughs> And he turned around and walked out. And and Walton's like, well, can I go to practice? Can I go out on the thing? And so he goes to one of the assistants and he goes, I'm not sure if coach just told me I could or I couldn't practice today. He goes, you better go get your haircut, son. And hair, and Bill did. He went into Westwood, got his haircut, and came back and played. But all that's all John Wooden said. Dude, that's if great. you feel strongly about it, you should. That's hilarious. You should wear your hair like that. And we're really going to miss you. Like, not even a discussion, not even a debate. John, Bill Walton is the greatest guy if and when you need a break. In other words, like, you want somebody to do all the talking, he's the go-to guy. I have literally ridden, without exaggeration, I mean thousands of miles on a bike right alongside Bill Walton. Does he uh, talk? 
all the whole time because he, does, <laughs> he doesn't ride fast. So he just likes to ride comfortable. He likes to be on his bike all day long. He doesn't mind being on an eight or nine hour bike ride. And so when you're, when you're riding next to him, rather than huffing and puffing, trying to keep up with guys at 21, 22 miles an hour, Bill is very happy doing 12, 13, 14 miles an hour and just telling stories the whole time. And it's a great guy to go on a long bike ride with. George, interested in a long bike ride, 100, 120 miles? What do you think? Nah, it's too much for me. I'm too good. much, huh? Yeah. No, thank you. No good? If yeah. Bill uh, Walton can do it, you guys can do it. Yeah. No, I mean, I could do it. I just don't want Bill it. Is, Bill is absolutely one of a kind. <laughs> and what's interesting about him is he's kind of a lightning rod. Like, half of the people I hear from, half of our listeners I hear from, swear by Bill. I'm I in that camp. Him. And, and the other half can't right. stand him. Right. They're What's like, he talking please about? Please like, stop. And the he, biggest why misconception. Why lyrics from the Grateful Dead? I don't understand it. Right. Oh, yeah. dude. But let me let me tell you something. I, you know, Dave Passion and I work together all the time, and he does the Pac-12 games with him on, on ESPN. Right. And, and people think they don't like each other, and they're like oh, really good friends. Uh, complete to the contrary. They, yeah. I mean, they love each other. And But Dave has got, uh, you know this, John, because I, I, Cappy, do you know Dave at all or no? I don't know Dave. I know yeah. his work. I mean, yeah, great John guy. knows uh, knows him a little bit. And he has the perfect temperament and the perfect dry sense of humor to work alongside Bill. Like he, but he's got you got to have the right temperament. Like, and he, Dave has got the patience of a saint. Um, yeah, and and he's great. All right, I'm gonna hand it off to you guys. I've got to got to go out and run and get some stuff. And do you have a full show today? What stuff? What do you got to go get? Yeah, what? Yeah, uh, what is it you got to go? My wife. What stuff? My, okay, uh, it, this. Uh, my wife is in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I have my son and my dog. Both need to be picked up before four thirty. Are they the stuff? Uh, yes. <laughs> so that's where I'm going. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, boys. Have a good show. Where's Mace, by the way, real quick? Mason in Ireland. Uh, Sedano and Cap next, ESPN LA. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers, thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Bam, bam, bam. Bam, bam, bam. Bam, Where the hell's Mason? Yeah, what happened? Mason, like, just totally bounced right before Super Crosstalk started. Wait, he didn't do the show? Did he do the no, show? No, he did. He did. I, I don't know. Like, him and Jacob and Ronnie both were like, all right, we're out of here. See ya. Laura, do you know? I don't, but I can speculate. Okay. Oh, oh feel really? free. Reckless speculation. Go ahead. What did he leave for? They might have, because I believe is uh, Imrani's birthday, so they might have just had like a dinner plan with other people, and Wait they had second. to go. Dinner at 4 o'clock? Four o'clock I don't know, man. I mean, Greg's here. Greg special? knows. 
Greg knows. Ask Greg. Come on, Bergie. What's Greg. the deal? What's I, I don't what the know hell? the answer. He just said he had to leave, so he left. Wait, really? what? You, how, you're like, not, not only are you the producer, you're Corporate like a boss. Greg. How do you he not said he this? had something to do, so he had to go, and that happens Greg. a lot, so, you know, he left. How is it that he's like the only person that can get away with that? You were a few minutes late, but you told me. I told you ahead of time, I'm doing a sh- but I'm doing the show in Phoenix. These people are nice enough to house me, so I'm going to do a segment with them. Like, that's like, that. you know, it's like paying dividends, basically, you know? Yeah, sure, of course. But like he, so he but texted also, and he said, I, also, I have something I, I have to do. I have to leave before crosstalk. So he left. But I also told just you. just crosstalk, super crosstalk. Yeah. It Sorry, is super. Su- super crosstalk. But it's not as super if he's not around. It's, you're right, but he had to go. Corporate Whatever. Greg. Corporate Greg. I don't get it, man. I mean, I, I guess I think what George and I are really feeling, and I, I'm trying to encapsulize both of our feelings, is that if we knew that there was a reason... Like, John had to go pick up stuff. You know, stuff right. like his son he to- and his and dog. And he told us. Yeah, right, stuff. Us. Yeah, I got yeah. stuff to pick up. Y'all just want the tea. It's okay. I get it. That's it. Y'all just want the tea. Cheese mosos. See? We want, we want the what? The tea. The tea. The you testosterone? Want the tea. What? No. Like what is tea? Like iced tea? <laughs> I love you, Kev. I missed you. Like iced tea? What are we talking about here, Laura? Like, you want the gossip, bro. You want the tea. Yeah. Oh. You know, oh. like... Like back in the day, you know, like you know, probably in England somewhere, the ladies used to sit around and uh, gossip with tea. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that that's... was vodka or tequila or you know oh. something like that. See, yeah, tequila could be tea. Tequila. But don't you think it's something that it could be something big? If he's not going to tell me what it is, it well, had to be so a good reason. The feeling is we're kind of feeling just... hurt a little bit. Yeah. Well, Laura was speculating maybe. that it was like Jacob and Ronnie dinner at four o'clock. Four o'clock. I don't know. No, he actually left. He left before Jacob left. Oh, damn. He, really? I, Game of Games ended, went to the Super Stager for Super Crosstalk, and was out yeah. the door. Surprise! So he had something to do. I don't know what Is it was. Is he trying to, like, get another dog or something? Like, still? <laughs> I, I, again, By the way, I, I heard that story live wherever I was. I was listening to it where he's like, I can't believe we went to go pick up this dog. And, like, the person's like, no, I can't give up the dog. And he was mad, like, had no empathy for this person who I'm sure was heartbroken that they had to give up their dog for one reason or another and decided against it. But all he could think about was himself. Wait, is this Ron? Ron the new dog? No, it was the other. It was a different dog. It was the other dog they get. tried to get. He does but you know have the story Ron. I'm telling, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does have Ron. The other dog, he got there and they said, I just can't do it. Okay. Right, just... and then blame the person who's, who, who was so heartbroken and came to the realization, like, I can't. I can't give up the dog. And he's talking about how much he loves dogs. I'm like, bro, so does that person. They probably can't afford it. But you know what? They said, the hell with it. I'm going to keep the dog. Yeah, I mean, well, he got there and he was playing with the dog and he had the dog. He was, like, he was messing so around what? with him. Yeah, and then he said he was going to be all be good, and at the end he said, "I just the can't most do it." Selfish. That was the most selfish. Mason has done a lot of selfish things around here. That was ar- arguably the most selfish thing I've ever heard come out of his mouth. So just to uh, recap, because I did not know the story, and I'm going to guess there's a few other people that might be in my same boat. So here's the story. All right. Okay, and Bergman, you tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. Mason was looking to adopt a new dog because his poor dog passed away right we all right. know the dog was sick and passed away so mason Very was looking sad. for a new dog so this person was going to you know he was going to adopt the dog from this person he went straight to this person's house him and and juan were playing with the dog and then the person probably was like distraught and like emotional and said you know what i'm sorry i can't give away my dog mm-hmm. um which by the way anyone would understand if you love a dog mm-hmm. okay and, uh, and he claims, you know, he's a dog person. I felt like he should be more empathetic in that scenario. And he, it sound, he was like, 
I can't believe she did that to us. And it's like, wait, dude, how like reverse the roles for a second. Be empathetic. Put yourself in someone else's shoes for a second. So if you put yourself in Mason's shoes in that situation, he is now he's falling in love with that dog already. Uh, no, bull crap, dude. That person Look, he falls Brett. in love with his dogs immediately. That's what with Ron. He's totally in love with this okay, dog. Okay, I get it. That per- do you know how hard it is to give away something? Oh, anything? Yeah, I do. Okay. Why? I'm, what have you given so, away that you understand this? I, this I, pain? I've given away a dog. Oh, really? Yes. There and you it was go. and it was awful. Wow. It's hard. It's very right? hard. Yeah, it was so it's hard that my mom just came to my house, took the dog, and left before I could even get home from work to say goodbye to the dog, which right. I was very so, upset about. So, secondly. It, the only thing worse is putting down a dog, which I've done too, and Ugh. it's brutal. Um, but, like, if you're a dog lover, you should, instead of being like, I can't believe she did that to me, let me play with the dog, you should be like, oh, yeah, you know what? I kind of get it. Of course she loves her dog. She probably can't afford to keep the dog, or there's a reason she can't keep the dog, right? Like, whatever the reason is. But I'm sure it's it's heartbreaking that she couldn't keep the dog, and then she came to her senses and said, you know what? No matter what, I'll figure it out. So because wait I love the dog. Is, is the, has anybody found out, does the woman who was going to give the dog, who then said she couldn't give the dog, does she still have the dog? Or did Mason feel like she just didn't want to give the dog to him and Juan? I don't think he went back and like followed what happened to the other dog. I'm assuming she kept it, but I don't know the answer. I don't yeah. think he knows but the my answer. Point Why, is are this, you gonna go? Mason sounded super selfish there. Hmm. I'm on Team Mace. Oh, you Get think she should have given her dog away? Greg knows better to, to go against. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> even, even if he wasn't, even if he wasn't on Team Mace, he's right. just saying. He's on Team Mace. Right. But he don't care about that lady. He don't care about those feelings. No, I mean, I feel for Mason. He fell in love with that dog when he got. Oh, it. you don't think the lady was in love with her own I, dog? I, I, she was I do. I do. But I think from his perspective, he was so distraught because he thought, oh oh, "This is the dog How that I'm going to have he now." He was around the dog for five minutes. She was probably around but the dog for years. But he was looking at it online. Oh, he was not only that. But wait a second. His dog had died on like a Tuesday. This is like a Wednesday or a Thursday. How about like mourning your dog? Oh no, he doesn't. Yeah. Uh-uh. No, no, no. That's a that's a thing for him. As soon as one goes, he gets another to, that, to see, fill that, that void. That to me. That's a thing he's talked about. I, I'm gonna say that. Like, I have friends me, who do that with. So, I have male and female friends who do that with relationships. Well, yeah, right, I mean, but, I but like you, you everybody dogs. knows somebody that you know. Hey, these these this couple was married for a really long time. She died. He got remarried in like two weeks. And you're like. Dude, your wife of 30 years, she died, you got married in two weeks, and we all kind of have Let that in, immediate judgmental I, tone, I have you know? Said this, I have said this to my wife. If she dies, I'm yeah. not getting married ever again. Ever. 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 I'm with you. I'm with you. Don't ever say ever, okay? Because nope. you're not an absolutist. No, listen, it's on I can be like, I can, no, that is the one thing I'll be absolutist about. I can be like common law married, I guess the state of California, maybe I'd find someone else down the road eventually, but like actually go through the ceremony of doing it again? Oh, hell no. I, you know, George, I got to tell you, man. Um, so when I got divorced, now I was thinking to myself, I never, ever will get married again. There's no chance. There's no reason. And here I am now, probably six years. You're gonna removed. get married to Rachel? You make it. Oh, sound that's like a big a, news. Breaking news. That's man. huge news. What? Well, hold congratulations. on. Congratulations. Everybody, time out. Everybody, time out. Oh, can we carry you on the chair? Hey, yes, you can hey. carry me on the chair. But all I'm saying is I had the same feeling. I will never, ever, ever, there's no need. But now I got to be honest with you. Like I'm starting to think to myself, maybe, maybe I would, maybe I would consider. She also makes more money than you. So way bad. more, way more. Very smart on your side. See? Yeah. Way more.
I have a buddy of mine who was telling me a story here just recently that he, uh, he met a, a lady online. She lives in another state. She says she can't find a nice guy. She legitimately flew over here. Okay? They're together for two days. They, they had literally not met until last night. And they've like been sleeping together from last night until about this afternoon when I saw him. And I said, well, how is she, man? I mean, I, I, you know, I haven't had a chance to meet her, and I don't think you're going to introduce me to her. I mean, it's your first time meeting her. How is she? He said, she's about a seven and a half is what he said to me. He said, but she's smart, and she's sweet, and she's really rich. She's like a 9.25. And I'm like, you see that? that when you get to a 9.25, George, you may be in marriage land right there. That might be in the marriage range. If she's a 9.25, what is he? He's probably about a eight eight point two five. Wow, an eight point two five. Yeah, maybe maybe a seven point seven five. Well, then good for him. Yeah, no, I think it's a pretty good match. So, George, I just would encourage you. You know, you don't know. You yeah, God no, forbid. I forbid. Yeah, I know. I'm but you're you're assuring I'm just Kelly be a right now for the rest of my life. I told her if she's gone, then you know, that's it. I don't. You won't have to worry about me marrying anyone else. All right. Well, I still do think it's kind of weird. That when you love a dog as much as Mace did, and like the next day you go looking for his replacement, like I'm surprised that there's not more time for mourning. I would agree, but you and know then, whatever, teach his own. I'm just annoyed. I, I'm just like I couldn't believe he couldn't see this from the other woman's perspective. God forbid that he got to play with the dog. He's like, I can't believe it. I even we even played with the dog for like 20 minutes, and I'm like, Yo, she's probably lived with that dog for years. Like, that's probably a big difference. Well, you don't know. It could have been a foster mom. It couldn't have been. It may not have been the dog's owner forever. Nonetheless, she's been around the dog way more than Mason. Well, but it's, it, I think the dog was only like three months old. Okay, well, nonetheless, had she been there longer with Mason or not? You understand that when you foster a dog, that eventually you're no longer going to have the dog. Unless you want to adopt the dog. Correct, unless you want to adopt a dog. So there so, you go. Oh, dude, dude I'm, uh, you guys are starting to freak me out a little bit. Uh, my sister, who's like one of these save the world kind of people, she adopted two children. She's fostering two children right now mm-hmm. because the children's parents got issues, drugs, crime, blah, 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 right? She's yeah. fostering these two kids, and I'm like, Oh, man, every day that goes on that she's got these two kids is every day longer that she's maybe going to have these two kids. And listen, she's great for doing what she's doing, but I'm like, you can't save the world one kid at a time, but she's trying. She's trying. So I guess maybe when it's time to put those kids back to where they belong, is she going to not want to give those kids up? I don't know, man. But we're going to have to make a hard left turn You guys are bringing out a lot of emotion in me today, you know? Oh, yeah, I see. All this dog talk. Now we're going to bring back some nostalgia for you because you know who our first guest of the show is going to be at 4.30? I do, I do. Sting, the wrestler, not the singer. Right, you have to say that. You have to say Sting, the wrestler, not the singer. <laughs> you really Cause do. Because AEW is coming to town, and yep. we're going to talk to him about that. And I mean, we're really going to talk to him about old school wrestling with him, basically. Probably. Like we did with Jericho. Now, coming up next, we'll see you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock or early in his career. Less of a talker later in his career. Well, I mean, George, Sting is probably, like, when you think about, like, all-time great top ten wrestling names of all, and I don't mean names, I mean, like, characters, personalities, yeah. performers. Oh, wait a second. Are you reading, did you read this email about Sting? I did. Did you also see that it looks like we may get Jericho on next week again? Yeah, Jericho next week, but I, they asked for Tuesday of next week. I'm like, yo, can we make it a little bit later? Because we got the national championship game on Monday. I don't yeah, want to start the show off with Jericho. Mason can't even sell his tickets. 
Yeah, it's true. Twenty five hundred bucks face. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'd rather do it like Wednesday. Wednesday's always like an easier day. Yeah, Jericho's he coming does. back. He and I have unfinished business. Oh, you do? I know. We should tell Sting about your unfinished business with Jericho. See how he feels about that. Okay, down for that. All right. So Sting, not the singer, the wrestler. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It's true. I, because because I thought it was Sting, the wrestler, not the singer. Sting, the wrestler, not the singer, will join us next. So, strong desire. Drago! Come on now. (laughs) Drago! Hearts on fire. Strong desire. Oh, wrong line. You can't win! Oh, Adrian! Rocky! Adrian was kind of a hater in this movie. If I can change. Negative. If you think about it, Adrian, Adrian, I know Rocky loved her and he was a sweetheart, that Rocky. But, you know, Adrian always kind of like doubted Rocky in those movies. That sucked that she said, you can't win. She literally said that to him. You can't win! Yeah. I know that was like what everybody thought about the Lakers last night. It well, that was the case. Um, now we were just told that uh, legendary wrestler Sting is going to join us here in just a second. I freaking AW, love Sting, man! AW is returning to LA. Uh, the tickets are on sale. We'll tell you how you can get those in a second. Uh, Sting, thank you so much, sir. A pleasure and an honor. Thank you for joining us here on the show today. Hey, yo, Adrian, it's good to be here. <laughs> yeah. Now, wait a second, Sting. Now, listen to me. When In Rocky Four, when Adrian literally tells uh, tells Rocky after Drago kills Apollo, you can't win. You can't How win. Is, what kind of supportive, um, you know, wife or, 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 you know, significant other is that? Like, we, I never realized how, how much of a hater she was, that Adrian. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like Doc Holliday in, in uh, Tombstone, you know, when he's he's telling uh, Kurt Russell that, you know, you, you can't take him. It's the same deal, you know. Yeah. You just can't do yeah. it. At least, you know, it's the straight-up truth. The truth will set you free, bro. <laughs> there you go. That's the truth right there. Hey, yeah. Sting, yeah. I always think of your career. I'm a huge fan, have been forever. Um, I always think of your career as, like, starting in some gym in Atlanta, like somebody just finds you in Atlanta. But I was reading a little bit today. I didn't know this. Are you from, did you grow up in Southern California somewhere? I did, Santa Clarita. No way! I I had no idea, I swear to you, man. I was like, I was reading today, I'm like, man, he grew up in Southern California. I I had no idea. And and did you raise a family and you're some boys that played some college football around town as well? Yeah, but but by then I was out of California. I left California in uh, November of 1985 to start my, my career. Went through a wrestling camp. Uh, a guy by the name of Red Bastine, who was under Vince McMahon Sr. way back when, and then under Vince Jr. as well. But he had a, a camp that he was putting on in, in California, and I had a Gold's Gym that everyone, all the top bodybuilders used to come in and work out, including Hulk Hogan, which, by the way, I had no idea who he was because the area of Santa Clarita that I grew up in, we didn't have pro wrestling on TV. Uh, but anyway, I was approached by somebody uh, to get into pro wrestling, and I went through a wrestling camp out there in Northridge, California. My gym was on Reseda Boulevard, and so I grew up in uh, in a little town called Newhall, which is now Santa Clarita. Damn, I had no idea, man. That's super cool. Now, 
George and I are old school wrestling fans, so you know you bridge so many different eras of wrestling. And my favorite wrestler of all time, you're in my top five, dude, but my favorite, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. Now, Dusty Rhodes really did a lot to help your career advance. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, he was, um, I remember one one night uh, watching the matches, and I was still kind of like a a curtain jerker kind of a a guy and, and trying to make my way and uh, Rick Flair was having, he had a big program with, uh, Ronnie Garvin way back when, and we were selling out arenas all over the place. And, uh, and he needed a new opponent. Long story short, Rick Flair needed a new op- uh, opponent. And so they had, uh, Ricky Morton, one of the rock and roll express that they were going to put with Rick and Ricky got hurt. Ricky Morton got hurt. So Dusty and I are sitting there watching, we're looking through the curtains, watching these matches. And he says, uh, Stinger, baby, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put some color on your face, color on your tights, and I want, I want to put you with the Nature Boy. And I said, wait, 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 what are you saying? What are you saying? He goes, you're gonna wrestle the, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. When? He goes, we're gonna work on it. And that's when it all started. He, he was literally the one who said, I see a match there. And he put Rick and me together, and the rest is history. Oh, my God, man. What a great story. Thoughthate 87, Jim Crockett promotions, (laughs) thing against Ric Flair, the American dream. The only one thing that you can hurt Ric Flair. Take that title from him, brother. I love him, Yeah, we're going to get funky like a monkey, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now Sting, let me ask you, because you're so young back in those days, right? Like, was there ever a time where you were in the ring with these guys and you were just like, I mean, there were like real nerves going into this or were you, or you always just kind of confident because it felt like when I watched you, you know, growing up and, and, and watch you even now, like there's always been this kind of fun, cool, calm demeanor to you. But what was it like for real for you? Man, you know, just, just to hear Dusty say that night that I was going to be, you know, put in a storyline with Ric Flair was enough to make me shake in my boots. Uh, because, you know, back then, oh my gosh, you know, he was the nature boy was like, you know, the parting of the Red Sea when he'd walk through the dressing room and, you know, he was the king of the hill and everybody wanted what he had, you know, uh, the four horsemen and all. And so when I found out I was going to be put with Rick, I, w- I was freaking out, but I knew it was an opportunity. And of course I wanted to capitalize on it and, and, you know, I'm glad that I was humble enough at least to just, you know, listen and learn. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad that I did it the way I did it. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, I, I may have had a level of confidence maybe in my athletic ability, but not, you know, not necessarily, you know, leading a match or telling a story. Now, let me ask you a quick, a quick question. Hold on, Kevin. Can I ask you yeah, a quick ahead. question? Uh, now, well, real quick, Cap, do you want to ask him a follow-up about that? No, or? no, no, go ahead. Keep going. I want, But, but I want to get – just go ahead. Keep going. Okay, because I want to ask you about later in your career, right? Like when you're this superstar, everyone knows who you are. You're selling out arenas. Everybody loves you, right? Like you're this incredible star. But what happens in that era, right, is like a lot of guys with are with you in that era. And I feel like, you know, the locker room could be a place of camaraderie, but sometimes it could be a place of contentiousness, Right. And, like, what were those scenarios like as you got older in the business where maybe guys had more power than they should or, you know, guys had more input on storylines than they should? Like, what it, when, that, when the business became a big part of it, how did you deal with that? Because, obviously, there's a ton of stories about that era that you were in. 
Yeah, you definitely had to have eyes in the back of your head. You didn't know who you could trust. You know, we had we were all old school, man, and and everybody was vying for your spot, your position. And um, you know, for for me, I I just I tried to just be an entertainer, no matter what I was doing out there. Example: Hogan comes, he leaves WWF then WWF, now WWE, I know, but he leaves and he comes to WCW and, you know, it's like now it's like Hulk is the man and he's, he's sort of marched in and, and some of the guys are like, how does that make you feel? I mean, you know, you, you were the flagship of the company and now Hogan comes in and, you know, it's like your second fiddle. And how do you feel about that? I go, I feel great about it. You should feel great about it too. I mean, Hogan's coming in here. He's going to boost our TV ratings. He's going to boost the buy rates for the pay-per-views. It's going to be a bigger paycheck for everybody. So, and I love it because I don't have to do every single event under the sun. You know, I got somebody to uh, share the load with me now. And so I, you know, I like it. So I tried to keep that approach all along. And then by the time we launched Monday Nitro way back when, when, you know, Ted Turner one day Mm -hmm. said, you know, why, why is it that, you know, they, they've got raw and we don't have a live show. I want a live show. And so we created the, the nitro show and, you know, man, all of a sudden, you know, we had a whole bunch of guys at that particular time pointed in the same direction, marching to the same beat. And you didn't have a whole lot of clicks. You didn't have a whole lot of agendas. I mean, there was still a lot of backstabbing going on. Don't get me wrong. A lot of chess <laughs> playing, but still it was, um, you had a lot of guys moving in the right direction and, you know, and it was, uh, there was a lot of unity and, uh, you know, after about a year, 18 months, I think max, it it all, it all went right back into the old clicks. There was this group over there and that group over here. And, you know, that's where things started to go downhill. Not to mention, you know, we were Ted Turner owned, so we could not push the envelope like WWE could at the time. Uh, you know, they were they were selling shock TV at the time, and uh, we couldn't compete with it. But those were great days in, in pro wrestling history, Sting. I mean, I, I grew up on Florida Championship Wrestling, Georgia Championship Wrestling, which to me very much turned into um, what I think, you know, as the old WCW that you're talking about. And I think AEW, what you're doing now, is kind of the closest thing to the, that era. But I got to ask, at 63 years old, what makes you still go in the ring with all the years of wrestling, all the travel, all the training, all the diet and all the beatings that your body has taken? What are you still doing in the ring? Oh man, it's a it's it's a long answer. I mean, I'll try to make it as quick as I can, but you know, I had no intentions on getting back into wrestling until, you know, Tony Khan reached out and and Cody Rhodes at the time and you know, I had been out of it for five, six years. And, but, you know, what, what do I have to offer at this point? And they were talking about cinematic matches. And I thought, okay, well, I can do that. You know, let's, let's maybe talk about that. And so I signed a deal to do those. And we got about halfway through the filming and Tony and Cody, my opponents, the, all the wrestlers were looking at me, watching me going, Oh my gosh, you can still go. So they talked me into going back and, and getting into it. And, uh, I ended up, uh, changing the deal and doing what it, doing what I've been doing for 30-some-odd years now. Were you in shape, though, when when you went back in to shoot all this stuff? Were you in the kind of shape you're in today, or did it take time for you to, you know, to kind of really get yourself back to where you'll have, you know, put yourself in? 
Absolutely. It took time. Yeah. I mean, I had a ring set up here at the house, uh, got a, a climate controlled facility here on the property and we had a ring brought in and some of the guys came and we, we worked out, you know, and I, I had to try to find out where I was and if I could even do a cinematic, to be quite honest with you. But, uh, you know, why do I do it? I mean, I'm, I'm, I do it. Well, I, I do love it. Um, I love the camaraderie. I love the, of course, the, the roar of the crowd. Uh, there isn't any wrestler who doesn't like the roar of the crowd. Uh, you know, especially when you got a real meaty kind of a storyline, but you know, there's, there's, um, something you guys know about who I am outside of the ring and all my, my beliefs and my faith. And that's really strong in my life. And, you know, if there's anything that I can ever do to help some of these younger guys get through the tough stuff that they're going to face, whether it's not knowing how to, you know, manage their money or not how knowing how to be, a man, a father, uh, a co-worker, you know, in the, in socially, um, you know, I, I want to try to help in any way I can. And, uh, you know, I, I was one of those guys that, you know, was about ready to go off the deep end and, you know, about ready to be a statistic at one time. And so, but, you know, I gave my life to Jesus Christ in, in uh, August of 1998 and I've never looked back. And so there's, something beyond wrestling that I want all the younger guys to know. And so I'm, I'm, I just want to be a, a positive force and, you know, any way that I possibly can. That's awesome. Not to mention, awesome. you know, teaching them tricks of the trade, you know? Mm. So. Yeah, for sure. And by and the, the way, you, you'll, you'll be in town. AW is going to be in town January 11th. So next week, uh, AEW Dynamite live on TBS and AEW Rampage on TNT Wednesday, January 11th at the Kia Forum in, here in Inglewood. Uh, so make sure you come down there, hang out. If you need tickets, it's AEWTicks.com or you can go to Ticketmaster.com. But before we let you go, Sting, we had your guy Chris Jericho on uh, not that long ago, right? And, you know, Chris, as you know, has got a, mi- a, a million things going on, right? So we yeah. start talking to him about stuff. And, you know, he was talking to us like Chris Jericho – um, and we wanted to talk to the character, Chris Jericho. So I started riling him up, and my partner Scott started riling him up, and he went after Scott. Uh, we want to play the audio for you because we feel like you'll get a kick out of this, and we need you to give Scott tips for next week because we're going to go there, and I feel like we're going to try to push this beef between Scott and Jericho, but we need your help. So, Laura, when you have a second, if you're ready, play the Jericho-Scott back and forth from when we had Chris on a couple weeks ago. Scott, basically, he just said, you're not as smart as you think you are, dude. Like, no, he's the but, pro. You're not. But, but, but Chris Jericho said, hey, I don't know everybody on every team, so I'm just giving him a But he knows LeBron James. He's not I crazy. Don't know. I don't know. Dummy. Of course I know who LeBron, of course I know who LeBron James is. I got some, some, some hack on the radio in LA telling me to, to challenge LeBron James. Well, geez, who else would I challenge? It's the well, only guy I know. Well, I was hoping you would challenge you know, me. You I was hoping you would Dr. J. No, no, I was hoping you, you would challenge, challenge me. Johnson? No, me by name. I wanted you to challenge me. It's no. good for me. Just like you were saying it was good for Lamar, it's good for you, it's good for AEW. I wanted it for for me. That's not a challenge though. I mean, come on. That's I mean, like, exactly. like throwing a, that's like a like you know, L- L- Lamar Jackson is like is like the giant uh, bowl of nachos that you challenge and, and when a when a scrap falls on the floor, a little crumb of a nacho falls on the floor, that's what you get. 
That's there me. I'm go. a little crumb. I'm a little crumb of a nacho. I get it. I understand my place in this world, Chris Jericho. <laughs> There's a T-shirt for you, man. Crumb of a nacho. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't even... I forgot so, about that. <laughs> the, the, funny, the funny part is he does have a merch store that sells T-shirts, and he's probably going to put crumb of a nacho on it. But, Sting, we need your help. How does Cappy extend this beef with Jericho? Man, I, I say we have some crumb of a nacho shirts made, maybe an action figure, and we put a package deal together, Sting and Scott against Chris and whoever he wants as his tag partner. Wow. We do a tag. Sting, I want you, man. I, I need you, brother. I do. <laughs> there you go. Sting, I need you. you have a baseball bat? I, I do. And, and, and Sting, <laughs> Sting, I'm I'll, telling you I'll something right sure now. I'll you have one. Listen, I'll make sure that you have one. Yeah, I know. And, and I want to be, I want to be oh, like. Oh, wait, wait, I got this thing. Yeah. I, I, Jericho and I are aligned. We're like the same person. Oh, I, I love being the, the pain in the ass. I'll team up with Chris. You can take on Scott. I think we're onto something. Oh, in a big way. I think we're onto something. Uh, and and I'm, I'm, I'm all in. You have no idea, Sting, how much I want to take George Sedano here. Pick him up by the throat and the crotch. Pick him up over my head and throw him by about a mile. And and Sting, trust me when I tell you, I can do it, man. No, he can't. Hey, when when if you guys are there, look me up. I, I want to talk to you. I want to show you guys the flying toehold. Okay, we'll do it. We're, we're going to be there. One of the we're most gonna... devastating moves ever, ever created in the pro wrestling world. I'm going to show it to you guys. Scott, you're going to get a chance to put it on Jorge. Oh, you got there you it, go. There you, you go, got it, Sting. Sting, <laughs> Sting yes. is going to be there January 11th at the Forum. Uh, AEW Dynamite on TBS, AEW Rampage on TNT. Wednesday at the Forum. Get down there. It's AEWTix.com. You can get the tickets there or go to Ticketmaster.com. Sting, an absolute pleasure and honor, and hopefully we'll see you soon. Love you, Sting. Thanks, Thanks guys. God bless. Take man. care. There he is. Look at that. You got Sting on your side. Dude, I, me and Sting against you and Jericho? Oh, my God, is that a beautiful thing. Now, you know what else is a beautiful thing? Tell me. Don't go. Whoa, whoa. Please don't go. Don't go. Oh, great song. Love this song. By the way, Chris is right. Everybody just take it easy. Pump the brakes. Slow it down a little bit. We're all going to get home safely tonight. Me and Sedano until 7 p.m. We're all going to get home safe, all right? Please don't go. Do you have a don't ring already? Go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Do I have a ring already? Is that yeah. what you're asking For me? Rachel. For Rachel. You're asking me, have I purchased an engagement ring? Yeah. Cappy, I got a guy. You know, Funchy. Oh, yeah. You just got married. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, Funchy, I got a guy for just about everything there is, too, you know. That's but you got true. a hay king. That's true. Right. Um, let me ask you a question, Laura, to answer your question. Okay. What By the way, think? before you get to that, I, yeah. did you see my last tweet? No. I just tweeted, thanks to Sting for joining us on ESPN Los Angeles ahead of, ahead of AEW coming to LA next week. We have a potential tag team match. Sting is... Oh, crap. I didn't... I have to... What did you do? I misspelled something. What did you misspell? Uh, Will you stop? Hold on. So anyway, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put it up in a second. Go ahead. Say what Wait, you're going to so say. You, so, so you mean to tell me you've just deleted your tweet because you had a misspelling in it? Yes, of course. Oh, dude, I don't blame you. I mean, believe me. Um, if I have a misspelling in a tweet, I too will delete said tweet because I don't like to misspell words. 
Yeah. But I'm sure it was more of a typo than it was a misspelling. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, I was also trying to do like six things at the same time. Okay, all right. Uh, Laura, to answer your question, do I have a ring for Rubber Rachel as of yet? My, my answer to your question is with a question, and that question is, what do you think? I don't know. I'm asking. I genuinely want to know. Well, I'm asking. I want the tea. What do you think? Mm, no say. That's why I'm asking you. I don't no know. Say. Yeah. Yo no say. Yeah, no say. Okay. So the answer to your question, George, you want to take a guess here? Do you suppose I'm holding on to an engagement ring and I'm planning on something really romantic and ready to get down on a knee and do this all over again, do you think? I mean, it sounds like it. You're talking about it on the air. Jeez, I better shut my mouth because the answer is <laughs> no. I don't have a ring. I, I ain't got no <laughs> ring. I got no ring. Uh, disappointment. Is it? Is that a disappointment? No, I'm just kidding. No. I mean, do you think the boo has a ring? Hell no, he doesn't. Hell no. Nah. Hell, Hell no. Nah. He better not have no ring. He no ring. No, we ain't there yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, we're not, we're you not know, there yet. seven not years. There yet. Yeah, not there yet. Wait a minute, seven years, Cappy? No, I haven't been together with Rachel seven years, although March will be four years. Oh, that's a long time. March will be four years, I know. That's still a long time. It's a long time to be with, uh, you know, one person when you're not married. Yeah, and people start, you know, pressuring you, like, when are you going to get that ring? When are you going to get that ring? Right. Yeah. All right, like Cappy, so here's the tweet. Thanks right, to Sting hear. for joining us on ESPN Los Angeles ahead of the AEW coming to L.A. next week. We have a potential tag team match. Sting is willing to take on, quote, the crumb of a nacho at Scott Kaplan as his partner. Only if I am Jericho tag teams with me. Let's go, Jericho. Oh, this is good. This is good. Now, Sting and I do have a monster advantage. What's that? I mean, we're both we're much bigger than both of you guys. But you're also both way older than both of us. That now that is true, but not not way older because you know Jericho and I are about the same age. So you're the young man in the ring, and Sting is the old man in the ring, and Jericho and I are about the same age. Right, but Jericho is definitely in the best shape of all of us. Probably so. Probably so. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But I do think that Sting brings to the table, and where he really adds tremendous value to my side, George is that Sting knows the old-school tricks of the trade that young punks like you may not, you know, really understand. You hear me? I mean, maybe. I, I mean, young fella that you are, being that you're the young guy in the ring. Yeah. I mean, have you ever been belly-to-back souffléed? <laughs> souffléed? You mean suplexed? No, no. No, no, I mean souffléed. Oh, okay. I have not been souffléed. Okay. Have you ever been, you, you've never been belly to belly souffléed? No. I have okay. been suplexed. Okay. Different deal. Different move. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is where experience mm. pays off. Oh, I see. This is when you go old school. Gosh, I would love to wrestle with Sting. I'd love to be on the same team with Sting. I would love to be on the same team with uh, with Jericho. That would be fantastic. I Jericho love how and I very similar. I love how Sting was talking about this. Yeah, so I was working on getting myself back into shape, so I... Uh, you know, I built a ring here on the property. Not, not I, I built a ring at my house. I built a ring on the property, and I had it climate controlled. Yeah. These guys got, I mean, the upper echelon of the world of wrestling, Sting, uh, Ric Flair, Bill Goldberg, Hulk Hogan. I mean, if they manage their money right, like I know Goldberg did and Sting sounds like he did, these guys were making major, major bank at one point. Oh, my God. Yeah, for sure. And probably still making major bank. <laughs> oh, 
I mean, because because when I ask Sting, Sting, why'd you come back at sixty three years old? He's not gonna, exactly going to go because, dude, you have no idea how much money they're paying me. I mean, right, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and he, you know, he did say you do miss the roar of the crowd. Like, I, that, if you talk to any athlete, okay, the the retired ones, the thing they miss the most, there's a couple things: the roar of the crowd, right, and the camaraderie in the locker rooms. Yep. That's yep. the thing they miss the most. And, and you know what's interesting about that today, George? I don't know if you had a chance because I know you were traveling, but I watched the Buffalo Bills press conference this afternoon. Did you get any of that? Right. Uh, I did it. I was traveling. Thing is, is that when you talk about camaraderie, the likelihood that your quarterback is like close friends with the second string defensive back who's a second year player, and granted, I mean, the kid has become an important part of the Buffalo defense, but what I'm saying is I focus on my side, I hang out with the old linemen, you hang out with your DB guys, and we know each other, we see each other in the locker room, but you know, I don't know that they're close pals, but man, the way the Buffalo Bills, their coach, uh, their quarterback today, the way they talked about their team, their family, the way the coach was leading Oh, well, I them. mean, I, I, mean I, I did see the stuff on social media. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, even though I didn't watch it live, like, I did see what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, of course. Was, I mean, that, and you talk about camaraderie. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about right there, you know? And yeah. watching those mm-hmm. guys with the Buffalo Bills today. And then, George. Um, and by my, the way, uh, unbelievable news, right? Like, let's, let's not bury the lead here. Dude, like, you're talking about right. the, the, the Buffalo Bills press conference. How about the fact that we know this young man is responsive? responsive they say that he that he woke up and he asked by writing he, he wrote on a piece right, of paper who right, won the game right because right. he can't talk because he got a tube right. down his throat but the, yeah, but right. if he's able to grab a pen and write a question who won that tells you that his brain and his body is is working at least under the circumstances that it's in yeah so george today my uh you know my buddy van pelt who's the offensive coordinator of the browns not related to scott not not the same van pelt um, but he's a, a pit football legend, and this kid's a pit football you know alum. And uh, they asked him today, you know, at his press conference, and they asked him, they they say, hey, did you hear the news? The kid's coming out of it, and dude, my man starts breaking up on the podium, you know. Yeah. And I and he called me, and I'm like, oh man, I go, let me go watch the, the press conference. I go watch the press conference. Next thing you know, I call him back. I'm freaking hysterical, crying. <laughs> I mean, it was really emotional. I mean, even if you don't know the kid or you didn't, you know, you're not coaching the kid. Great news. I mean, really, really great news. Where we were on Tuesday versus where we are today on Thursday, amazing news. Yeah, I love it, man. I, I, when I that that we got that notification as I was um, driving to the airport this morning. So they uh, we did get that. So I, that was great news. And then obviously that continued to evolve. And look, man, now everyone I feel like at the very least for a second, right, can just take a you know a sigh of relief, right, and just be like, hey, this kid. Hopefully, we'll be able to be okay. Uh, it seems like these are incredible improvements and incredible first steps. Um, let's just, you know, hopefully see some more, right? So, yeah, and, uh, and, and hopefully this afternoon we'll get into it. But what is the NFL now going to do? Because now they can start thinking about football. And this suggestion of a possible eighth team added to the playoffs in both conferences, dude, we got to talk about that. Yeah. No, we will. We'll talk about it throughout the show. We've got two more guests lined up today. Blake Harris, our Dodger insider, is going to join us at 545, as he does normally every Thursday. While we were gone, Cap, there was a lot of Dodger news that happened, actually. They signed J.D. Martinez. I mean, mm-hmm. Noah Syndergaard. Like, there's guys that have been signed since we've been gone um, that we need to talk about, and we'll talk to Blake about all that stuff. And then uh, Ramona is going to join us to talk hoops at around 615 
So we'll talk to Momo there. By the way, join ESPN LA 710 and Celsius Energy Drink this Monday at Hollywood Park Casino inside the Rays Lounge for our college football championship watch party. The ESPN LA promo team and Celsius Energy will be on site starting at 2.30 in the afternoon, giving away prizes, tickets, and more. That's this Monday at Hollywood Park Casino. Elevate your game. All right, we're back in two minutes. Let's get into last night's game. I have questions. You have questions. I have answers for your questions. And (laughs) we have a lot of things to really kind of discuss when it comes to this Laker game yesterday. We'll get to that in two minutes.